Hello, hello. 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 All right. So this is two of the frequency continuance. If a frequency means crowded place, then what if it means to a vibration? Could it be the rate, the cost, or an expense, or the amount of people within that space? How many are there? How much room is there? How many people is in the space? How much space of energy? And if it is a vibration, does it hold from people? How many different people are emitting the same frequency wave or vibration? Can a frequency be a crowded current of energy? An overload of vibration of people? What if frequency is just a crowded circuit of the same wave, the same vibration, the same current? The word vibration comes from the root word vibrate, a verb. One, move or cause to move continuously and rapidly to and fro. Two, quiver with a quality or emotion. Three, of a sound, resonate, continue to be heard. Four, a pendulum to swing to and fro 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 and fro to and fro to swing a pendulum to vibrate this late middle english translation is what the english language considers to be a vibration in the sense of giving out something light or sound to move up and down back and forth, forth and back vibrate vibration Crowded spaces. Crowded spaces. I can, I can handle, handle crowded, crowded spaces, spaces for short periods for a short of time. Period of time. Times, Times when, when I'm solo, solo within, within the space. space. Things about my, Things body, about my body change. My ears speak. There's this ringing that happens. There's this ringing that happens as if a tunnel is being created. Causing my eyes, causing to, my twitch eyes to twitch. And move. 
not and rapid, one more focus not towards rapid, hearing, one more focus, attempting to match sound with visuals. My hands, shake, my hands, shake, then my knees, buckle, then my knees. Buckle, I have to readjust, have to my, readjust stance my stance. For walking, for walking, deep breaths, deep breaths. Help, help. In, in, out, out. In, in, out, out. So, so. I am the Sanskrit mantra so hum visually I come across the word but never dug into the connection or why it was important to use. In meditation, the mantra so hum is used to center the being in the space and within the body. It's a guiding principle to quiet the mind. So hum, I am. It's an indication that whatever is stated afterwards in your mind in your vibration, whatever energy you emit after the soul hum, you're sending out requests for it to come back to you, which is why it is used to quiet the mind during meditation so that you can center yourself and hear what the most high goddess is saying to you, is emitting through you. You don't even have to say it aloud. As a matter of fact, you are encouraged not to. It is something that you repeat to yourself in your head. It helps in crowded public spaces where my energy is affecting or changing the frequency of vibration or the vibration within that space or changing the frequency of my body. Either way, it takes a while for me to adapt. And I can always tell when I'm balancing out because my, my eyes, eyes become, become watery. It takes a while, but once my body becomes acclimated to the environment, it becomes a sensory chamber where sounds have colors, touch bumps from people are absorptions of energy with one level of energy. And the longer I stay within that space, the more I absorb. It's the absorption that causes people to crash after having been in crowded spaces, I found. The sensory overload and not being able to control the amount of energy, the intake, can be an indication of disability. of disability. So what's your frequency level? So how are you vibing? Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Searching for Sound with Shantika Latrice. I hope you enjoyed my rendition of frequency experience. It's something that I've been working on trying to figure out vibes and the way that we interact with sound when we go into spaces and how those spaces both influence our body as well as how our bodies influence those environments. So I hope that you enjoy that. Um, I am going to dig into um, one of my personal pieces next. Um, 
I know that um, frequency rendition was a bit long, but I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you do have any comments, don't forget to um, subscribe, like and share and leave me comments. If you want to hear more, if you want to have questions about what I experienced or um, what it means, um, go ahead and drop that information down in the comment box. And I love to share that with you or even bring those questions into the next episode. So I am going to um, share a couple of poems. Now, what I'm going to do is is simply going to be me reading a few of my favorites. So this past semester in school, I did work with um, a couple of James Baldwin pieces, as well as um, a couple of Sonia Sanchez pieces. So I, um, I recorded myself um, reciting those poems. So I'm going to go ahead and drop those into this particular space right now. Um, it has been really interesting working with other poets work, um, even in sound and audio and even in reading, interpreting them. And I think that although those two names, Sonia Sanchez and James Baldwin are not often mentioned in the same sentences, I think they bear great resemblance in their messages of community and up um, upholding your community first and in making sure that in upholding your community first, you are indeed up, uh, upholding yourself. You are placing yourself in a, in a statue of responsibility. And I think in this current climate that we're living in, in this time, in this age with social media and digital media, that most artists aren't taking, aren't holding themselves as responsible for what and who they influence. And I think these two artists, both James Baldwin, as well as Sonia Sanchez are two of my favorite artists that I refer to, especially when it comes to upholding a responsibility and knowing, especially when it comes to the literary arts. Uh, within the literary arts, they're, they're holding responsibility of maintaining their community as well as a responsibility of how they are influencing that community and how they are telling those stories of the communities of the communities that they come from. And, and as I progress and continue in my art, I want to, I want to always be cognizant of that knowing in the back of my mind, I don't want it to be shut I want it to always be in the forefront of my mind that I am one responsible for my community that I create and the community that I am involved in and that the community that I come from, as well as I am responsible for what my art influence and brings about. So, um, that's something that I always want to keep in the forefront of my mind. So, um, I hope you enjoy and, um, I'll come back after and um, I'll close it on out. Thanks. Munich, winter 1973 for YS, James Baldwin. In a strange house, a strange bed, in a strange town, a very strange me is waiting for you. Now, it is very early in the morning. The silence is loud. The baby is walking about with his foaming bottle, making strange sounds and deciding, after all, to be my friend. You arrive tonight. 
How dull time is, how empty and yet, since I am sitting here, lying here, walking up and down here, waiting. I see that time's cruel ability to make one wait is time's reality. I see your hair, which I call red. I lie here in this bed. Someone teased me once, a friend of yours, saying that I saw your hair red because I was not thinking of the hair on your head. Someone also told me a long time ago, my father said to me, it is a terrible thing, son, to fall into the hands of the living God. Now I know what he was saying. I could not have seen red before finding myself in this strange, this waiting bed, nor had my naked eye suggested that color was created by the light falling now on me in this strange bed waiting where no one has ever rested. The streets, I observe, are wintry. It feels like snow. Starling circle in the sky, conspiring together and alone, unspeakable journeys into and out of the light. I know I will see you tonight, and snow may fall enough to freeze our tongues and scald our eyes. We may never be found again, just as the birds above our heads circling and singing, knowing that in what lies before them, the always unknown passage, wind, water, air, the failing light, the falling night, the blinding sun, they must get the journey done. Listen, they have wings and voices, are making choices, are using what they have. They are aware that on long journeys, each bears the other, wearing, steering, love occurring in the middle of the terrifying air. All right, so that was James Baldwin, Munich, Wintery. 1973. So I love this piece. Um, I, I search commentary on it, but I just absolutely love this piece. Because questions began to pop into my mind the minute I started to read it. Like, what is he talking about? The silence is loud, how dull time is waiting, how time has a reality and the reality of time is actually waiting is what he's saying. Um, then he drops down to where it says, um, it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God, which goes right back up to the living God is time and in time you are waiting. And then it says, um, of course, everyone always asks, what is the living God that he's speaking of? And as I just stated, is is time. Time is the living God that he is speaking of. Um, and then he speaks about not being able to see red before finding himself in this strange waiting bed. Because anytime that you're waiting, you have time to sit with your thoughts, 
your ideas, concepts, things that you've done, your experiences. It's he is in this poem. He is embodying his lived experience. He is embodying how he has to wait on certain things. He has to wait to do certain things. He has to wait to be with certain lovers. He's embodying his lived experience in this piece. And I absolutely love this. Um, There is no rest in waiting, although they tell you to to rest in being content this is this is something that you get this is this is his background his religious background coming into play that they tell you to be content and in being content you are resting in waiting you are being content in the moment knowing that something is coming and that is resting and how there is no rest in waiting although they tell you to rest in being content so he has like word plays and and different different things going on in this piece. I absolutely love it. But what I was saying is that most commentary, um, most of the commentary that I always find on it is in the gay perspective that he comes from. And of course, his relics within the black community. But what of this omniverse, this awareness that the human race is multi-dimensional people and he's he's basically letting us know that in this piece and and that he was an advocate for bringing this multi-dimensional awareness to his his black community first and even though some missed it and some still haven't caught up on it he's speaking on this period of waiting um, waiting to be accepted as an authentic self even as he is writing in his most authenticity Like this poem is writing in his, he is telling us in his most authentic life and his most authentic lived experience of what is happening. And yet there is a period of waiting to be accepted in your most authentic self. And there, there are times and moments of times and even specific times that we have to wait that we have, um, certain things we can do certain things there are moments for us to do certain things and then there are um specific times there are moments in times and then there are set times for you to do certain things and and he is he is expressing that all in this this particular piece and I absolutely um love how he is he is trying to waken us up to this multiverse this um omniverse this um, multi-hyphenated awareness of us as um, a, a human race and um, how things are multidimensional and um, multi, um, just most authentic in all of these things that we embody. And yet in the waiting, um, the reality of being in the hands of the living God is being in awareness of time. Haiku by Sonia Sanchez. My womb is a dance of leaves sweating swift winds. I laugh with guitars. Love poem for Tupac. One. We smell the wounds, hear the red vowels from your tongue. The old ones say we don't die, we are just passing through into another space. I say they have tried to cut out your heart and eat it slowly. We stretched our ears to hear your blood, young warrior. 
two. Where are your fathers? I see your mothers gathering around your wounds, folding your arms, shutting your eyes, wrapping you in prayer. Where are the fathers? Zoot-suited eyes dancing their days away. What have they taught you about power and peace? Where are the fathers? Strutting their fur-lined, intellectual bowing their faces in the crotch of academia and corporations, burying their tongues in lunchtime pink and black pussies. Where are the fathers to teach beyond the stay in school use? A condom strike while the iron's hot keep hope alive. Where have the fathers buried their voices? Three. Whose gold is carrying you home? Whose wealth is walking you through this urban terror? Whose greed left you shipwreck with golden eyes staring in sudden death? Four. You were in a place hot at the edge of our minds. You were in a new world, a country pushing with black corpses distinct with paleness and it swallowed you whole. All right. So that was Sonia Sanchez haiku. I think that was haiku number three. Um, I can't remember. And then the um, love poem for Tupac. So um, both this, these pieces, this um, the James Baldwin piece, as well as the Sonia Sanchez piece, lends to the universality of being black with of being a member of the African diaspora here in um, America. Um, we don't have the ability to talk to each other in three dimension. Um, and when I say three dimension, that simply means in physicality. Um, we don't have that luxury. That is a luxury that is, that is available for, for, for others who do not, have to deal with oppression, um, who do not have to deal with the mental terror and the mental slavery that's being placed upon um, members of the African diaspora within the Americas. We don't have that luxury. And James Baldwin, especially Sonia Sanchez in this love poem for Tupac speaks towards the lack of luxury that we have. Um, she is speaking. She is speaking at the omniverse within each and every member of the African diaspora, um, speaking to the oppression, speaking to us coming out of that particular oppression. Um, we don't have that luxury to just focus on the physicality. So she is speaking to the things that are unseen. Um, the mental battles that we deal with daily, the spiritual battles that we deal with daily, the the multi hyphenated dimensional um, dimensions that we have to deal with as people. And that's what I'm talking about. Um, that we're dealing with this omniverse. Uh, we are multi-dimensional, um, multi-dimensional, and we can't necessarily just deal in physical um, what we're seeing, the three dimension of what we're seeing, what is being seen. We also have to deal with the unknown, the hidden, 
the things that we don't talk about, which are the unseen and the hidden and the unknown and the unseen. Those are dimensions as well. What she is calling out is that I am understanding that you had to deal with these things, brother. You are placed in this this society that doesn't understand that you are speaking to things that are unseen, which is a lot of things that um, Tupac talked about. And um, having the uh, having the advantage of growing up, um, having the advantage of growing up and under the tutelage of the um, mind state and the um, teachings of the Black Panthers, he had the ability to both speak to our physicality as well as the unseen, the things that are not necessarily right there in front of our eyes and and Sonia Sanchez love poem is um is is calling out and letting him know like brother we love you like you are loved and you were loved there are things that um society failed to love about you but in that what was right in front of you wasn't necessarily love you had a crew you had this omniverse you had a collective that still love you loved what you were doing love what you were saying loved your mission and um that's the beauty of it um that's what <laughs> that's what pretty much um i get from this i yeah i can dig into it a little bit further because um going back to the james baldwin piece is that um We now that I think society understands and knows about um, knows and understands him as to be a gay black man in America. There are places and unseen that there are things and unseen and multi-dimensions and the omniverse that he had to battle with. You know, there was a set time for him to be black. There was a set time for him to be gay. There was a set time for him to be black and gay at the same time. You can't be all of those things in that time. In the time when he wrote Munich or even in the 70s period, there was still a set time for him to be all of those things. It's almost exactly like Sonia Sanchez is teaching us in the love poems about there is still time. There are things that black men need to understand. Even as you are putting on your suits, going into corporate America, getting your degrees, getting your education, you still have to remember that the task at hand is to always be aware that you have a responsibility as a black man to tend to the things of the community. And um, yeah, so that's pretty much why those two pieces, those three pieces um that's why those three pieces kind of stand out to me. And I, I did a lot of work with those um, pieces this, this particular time around. So this concludes the frequency awareness episodes. As always, it is a pleasure coming to you. Um, again, if you have any questions, please feel free to leave comments, questions, or anything in the comment box or you can always reach me on social media. I'm available at Akatnuas. Or I can be reached at the um, Comfortable Unknown. And that is on Instagram. 
But again, it has always been a pleasure. And I hope you stick around and come back. Peace and blessings, people. Peace and blessings. Peace.